Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. You really just jumped on the emergency break with Phil Collins coming into hour number two, didn't you, Reese? Yeah, it's okay. He just shrugs at me. I know he doesn't want to talk on the microphone. It's okay. I won't put you through it. I will say, though, it's the weekend, and I'm here to get excited, and I'm all pumped up, and now I got this sultry, echoey 
Phil Collins thing going on. I don't know if I have the energy now. You know, I'm ready for a pre-weekend nap or something like that. It's 2 Telling New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Howdy, hour number two of the big show. Great to be with you. I'll try and get the energy up a little bit. Just knock down some more of my Florence Coffee Lotus. You know, that'll that'll raise the level in a hurry. Uh, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, we talked about the all-conference uh, preseason selections, a little bit of baseball uh, and some rodeo. You can check that out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. All the listeners on the podcast, shout out. If you're listening right now. Good for you. Look at how nice. Look at how convenient this is. You found... The Holy Grail. The podcast is available uh, wherever you would like to get it. It is there thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. If you'd like to call, feel free, 361-3688. Taking all calls and texts, by the way. You want to text in, go ahead, 361-3688. That phone number, all guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. And if you'd like to listen live, you don't want to be delayed, you want to be on the cutting edge of this thing, go on to the website, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live all the time on the stream. Available thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, Day two, which was the final day of the Big Sky Conference Football Media Days, and yesterday the coaches got their opportunity to uh, answer questions, go on the record, talk about everything that uh, you know pertains to this offseason heading into what we hopefully uh, will be the Big Sky Conference uh, football season. Today was the players' opportunity, and normally when we do this in person, there are two player representatives from each team, usually an offensive and defensive player. This season, just one player. So they had 13 coaches yesterday, did 13 players today. The representative from the University of Montana is outstanding senior wideout, Samori Toure. And for Montana State, again, unanimous preseason honors. One of three guys out of the 33 players to get unanimous honors, Lewis Kidd, off of the offensive line. So let's listen to a little bit of uh, some of the questions and answers that they had. Some of it is, uh, you know serious, quote-unquote serious. It's about football, talking about the offseason. Some of it maybe a little bit of fun as well. But Samari Toure was asked, first of all, about playoff experience and having an opportunity to go back to the playoffs a season ago. Samori, the Grease had an impressive playoff run last year. What was it like for you and your teammates to get Montana back in the postseason? Man, that, that was amazing. More than anything, it was a long, long time coming, you know, because, you know, when I was getting recruited here and, you know, coming coming to Montana, you know, making the playoffs was just the standard. You know, that was something that was normal, something that, you know, we all expected within the program. I knew that before I even stepped on campus. So, you know, you know, my first couple of years, the fact that we were always, you know, like one game away from making the playoffs and it didn't happen, you know, that was kind of depressing. But, you know, last year was a long time coming and, you know, the fans were just so electric. It was just a great experience. So there you go, uh, Samari Toure. And I, I thought that was interesting because, sure, the experience was great, but he talked about, look, you know, it's been, been a long time coming, relatively speaking. When, I, when he was being recruited, it wasn't a question about whether Montana, you know, was going to the playoffs. Going to the playoffs was just, I mean, to, to ask, you know, again, well documented, but to ask the Grizzlies 10, 15 years ago, you know, what do you, do you think you're going to make the playoffs this season? It was, it was it's not even a question, right? It would you just be met with laughter. And now, with the dry spell that the Grizzlies have had in recent years, not making the postseason. Uh, and and by the way, it's not just 
teams rooting for, you know, fans rooting for their team. This is a huge, huge economic impact in a negative way. Montana going to the postseason, which also, by the way, going to the postseason presumes hosting a game, particularly when it's the University of Montana, and the way that the the rights getting for hosting games works and the bidding and the finances and everything. Montana's just hosting games. That is that is a massive, massive expectation, one that some businesses around this town, you know, budget into what their year is going to look like because of the significance that it has for them annually. And so to not be there, it's not just about not going to the games. There's a huge community, uh, uh, you know, loss in a lot of different ways with that not happening. Well, it happened again last year. It was a uh, a big time. I mean, what was it? I forget the final score. They get, did they get seventy? Did they hang up seventy on Sela? I forget. But uh, a dominant win nonetheless. And again, Samari Tori score. You know, having that prolific game, surpassing Randy Moss for single game receiving yards in the postseason and all that. Uh, but you know, maybe Montana's back on that train, right? Where. Don't ask me about if we're going to the postseason. Just let me know when the seed comes through and we'll start talking then. Uh, I, I certainly expect them to be back in the postseason again. Are they back in a program level where it's not in question anymore? I don't know. Time will tell. Samari Tori, again, asked about just staying in touch. We know what's going on. Everybody's got to be social distance. You can't be, you know, with everybody all the time. Here's what he had. Here's the question, what he had to say. Um, you know, same thing as everybody else, mainly. Like, as a wide receiver group, you know, we've had a couple of Zoom meetings to where we can, you know, keep in touch and talk more football aspect. But, you know, other than that, you know, we're lucky to live in a day and age where it's so easy to stay in contact with people who may not even be in the same, you know, state as you. So with my teammates, you know, they're my best friends. We've been on FaceTime, Snapchat, you know, all that, just being able to keep in touch. It is interesting. I mean, everybody understands, okay, you know, you can – get on your phone anymore and just call somebody and talk but uh, there's been a pretty significant proliferation of the different apps and ways in which people interact and you can get these things that got games built into them that have you know the filters and so forth and so on and look the reality is is that at a certain age and younger I don't know what the cutoff is this is how much of life is conducted anyway and the fact that that has been not the only, but become the central way in which much interactivity has taken place, much interpersonal contact and connection has taken place, is certainly different because of its exclusion of first-person contact, but it is not new to these kids. You know what I mean? If you're playing, if you're in college right now, this is what you do, man. Snapchat, whatever. What are we talking about? TikTok? TikToking each other? Is that what you say? I don't know. I'm just saying it's 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 not it's not unique. The unique part is the inability to be together. It's not the the reality of using these ways to to interact. That is already established and has been for a little while now. But uh, you know, you do lose something not having the opportunity to be in first person the way that uh, that we once were. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. 
call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. He was also asked, I thought this was an interesting question, what has changed the most? This is, again, Samari Toure, wide receiver for the University of Montana, since Bobby Houck took over the program. What's the thing that's changed the most? All of our team has just come a lot closer, and we're, we're starting to, you know, hold each other responsible, you know, if we're not living up to the standard. Because, you know, when Coach Houck got here, something he really emphasized was just hold yourself to a high standard, you know. If you don't hold yourself to a high standard, you're not going to, you know, succeed in anything. So just basically raising the standard, you know, being able to, you know, be responsible on the field, off the field, that's something that I feel like made us improve a lot. Now, you mentioned that advice of holding yourself to a higher standard. What is the best piece of advice that you have received that has helped you the most in college football? That's a tough one, but... The main, the first thing that comes to my mind, you know, is watch film, watch film, watch film. I feel like personally, that's something that that got. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the amount of film study that I did, because you know, just being able to get in there and just get get all the mental reps in out of the way. You know, watching whatever defensive back or defensive scheme you're going to go up against really just gives you a huge advantage when you're going into the into the game. You know. I think everybody is, is is relatively aware of the importance of certainly the use of film and what that is. But film, just like working out, working out in the weight room or whatever, I mean, you could get your reps in, right? And sitting down and and learning and studying tendencies, what to do, how to do it. I mean, the the, the what what some people would call maybe the minutia of the game, of sports in general, but of football especially. Uh, that's where you work it out. That's where the advantages come. You know, there's a lot of good players, a lot of good teams. The separation point is in the extra that gets accomplished more often than not. And for a kid like Samari Toure, one thing that I really admire about him is the 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 drive. We talk about the FCS level. There's a lot of players that have a chip on their shoulder, right? I uh, don't believe that they... Uh, or they believe that they were overlooked maybe elsewhere, especially Samari being from Oregon, you know, Portland State, Oregon State, not not taking a look at him, not giving him an opportunity. And he wants to show, hey, you know, you made a mistake. And one of the ways you show that, well, putting in the time, putting in the effort, spending the time in the film room studying and, and learning all those things. And I think that that is uh, paying off, right, in a big, big way. And, and you see that because he, he's an outstanding athlete, okay? Outstanding athlete. But he is maximizing his athleticism too. He, he's, he's playing above even what his outstanding physical traits, you know, would, would suggest. And that's why. It's the study, it's the preparation, it's the understanding of the game. Uh, he was also... Asked a couple of questions back to back. Here's how that went. Which team are you always fired up to play? Some more, you can go first. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what I'm going to say, but it has to be Montana State. You know, you know the electricity. You know, whether we play them here or in Bozeman, you know, is just unmatched. And you know, that rivalry is something I never really understood. You know, before I got here. You know, even when I redshirted. You know, it kind of didn't really resonate with me. But, you know, once once I played in that game, 
all it took was like a few snaps and I knew like this is one of the biggest rivalries in college sports and I, I never want to lose them again. So Maury, what is the best part about the Grizz community? Uh, I would just say how invested they are, you know, in football. That's something I noticed, you know, immediately when I was on my visit here. You know, when I visited here back uh, when I was a senior in high school, it was just evident, you know, everywhere we went, people would be like, oh, you guys play for the Grizz? Oh, go Grizz. You know, and it's just, I, I, I've never really been a part of a community like that because, you know, there's no other professional sports teams here. So just how much they truly care about football and how much it means to them, that means a lot to me. You know, it's, it's an interesting deal. If you were a New York Jet or a New York Giant in New York City, you are significantly less recognizable than if you are a Montana Grizzly in Missoula or a Montana State Bobcat in Bozeman. But you talk about the percentage of people who are aware of who you are and what's going on while you just walk around town. It's not even close. And it's crazy to think about the... the uh, uh, per capita level of recognition or how, I mean, I don't know exactly how to cash it out. I'm not trying to make this a statistical analysis necessarily, but football teams, basketball teams, college players that are in communities that are passionate about what you're doing, that's a big, big deal. And it's a bigger deal than professional athletes doing it in major cities, a much bigger deal. I mean, you think a Kentucky basketball player? Where is the University of Kentucky? Is it in Frankfurt? Reese, look this up for me, will you? Tell me where the University of Kentucky is. But in any case, wherever Rupp Arena is, whatever town it's in, you think that you can walk four feet if you play for Calipari's team at the University of Kentucky and not be, you know, mobbed, taking pictures of, talk to this, that, and the other? No. Jet, you're anonymous. You're anonymous anyway if you're a jet. <laughs> but even if you're a giant, you know what I mean? What is it, Reese? It's in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, Lexington, sure. Lexington, right. Okay. And I believe uh, that their rival Louisville is in Louisville, I believe, if I've got I can that assume. Right. Yeah, okay. Uh, Lexington, thank you. Um, okay. Anyhow, uh, and but that's part of the draw, isn't it? I mean, that's for, for Samari Toure. That's like, hey, you know, th- this is a community that's invested, that cares about its football team. And I think that, that we have these conversations all the time. Well, what is like, you know, is it crazy for all this, you know, money, attention, focus, time, effort being put into a game played by kids, you know? Is it, you know, we talk about, the, the negatives of college sports and whether, you know, the, 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 the physical uh, ailments that you can come away with and, and, you know, the money that's changing hands that the kids aren't seeing, the money that's changing hands in general that's crazy, how much coaches get on and on and on and on. That's fine. And a lot of those are valid conversations. But also there's just something to be said for the community coming together and caring about something and being invested in it. You know, like if football were to go away, Missoula, Montana, Bozeman, Montana, they don't all of a sudden redirect their attention to, you know, whatever it is, quilting club. It's just not there. It's just absent. And it is 
even with the biggest rivalry in the West, even with the acrimony that comes with Cat Grizz and all of that, it is also one of the great unifiers that we have in our state and sports often, I think, are that. At their best, they are that. And and I think you see that, too, when you talk about people who really care about it and are excited and appreciative of, of the athletes and the coaches that, that, uh, that make it possible, that make it happen. Last question here for uh, Samari Toure. Kind of a funny one about where do you like to play the most, but also you're going to hear Davis Alexander, the quarterback for Portland State. Now, where is your favorite place to play, Davis? Montana, 100%. All right, Samori, your favorite place to play? Uh, I'm biased again. Look, I'm not doing this on purpose. I'm not going to say it's Chris or anything, but Montana is definitely my favorite place to play as well. I mean... I don't think anybody – I mean, maybe you are biased. It doesn't mean you're wrong. I mean, Davis Alexander, the Portland State quarterback. Now, let's be clear. Portland State, it ain't exactly like they have a place to play, right? They're at Hillsboro High School. So, I get that. It also goes better when you did win when you were in Missoula. I know that was a, a, a one of Davis Alexander's high points. He talked about that today. But uh, – Look, you can t- you can talk about Northern Arizona and some of the uniqueness of the walk-in Sky Dome, and you know certainly you know Bozeman and so forth. The best place to play in the Big Sky Conference and perhaps in the country is the University of Montana. Period. It's not it's not really that much of a debate. It's as good as it gets at the FCS level. It's 2 Telling Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We'll hear from Lewis Kitt. He had a chance to get in on the mix. Offensive lineman for the Montana State Bobcats answer many of these questions as well and talk about what it's like playing at MSU. Curtis Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. They're also at Highway 83 in Sealy. The weather is hot, so get outside, maybe get to a higher elevation where it's a little cool, and if you're going to go, you might as well get there in style and have a little fun doing it. How about on some dirt bikes, a couple of side-by-sides, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bikes at Curse Polaris, or you can get on the four-wheelers. Ranger, Razor, General, getting work done, going fast, cruising around, seeing places other people can't see because you got the vehicle to get you there thanks to Polaris. They're going to set you up with that. Or you can also cool off on the water, right? Get on the lake, just bum around, spend the day out there, throw your lure in the water, see what happens. Get a Crest pontoon boat. Those are available at Kurtz as well. That's the most fun you're going to have right there on that Crest pontoon boat. Summer, the way you always envisioned with Kurtz Polaris. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can see the whole inventory, prices, new, used, everything. Again, go online, KurtzPolaris.com. Missoula and Sealy. it's Kurtz Polaris. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf and nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. 
Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Yeah, that's right. It's, that is better than Phil Collins. I'm not saying, like, musically. I'm just saying energetically. It's got a lot better energy to it. Yeah, it does. Better energy. That is more of a Friday track. It's 2 Tell New Honors, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Howdy, at Gus 2 Tell on Twitter. Go follow along there. Have a great time with me in the Twitter sphere at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, Coulter out today. He is uh, on vacation. He will be back with us on Monday. Uh, but until then, it's you and it's me, boys and girls. Uh, happy Friday to you. Happy weekend to you. Uh, I mentioned, uh, of course, day two of the Big Sky Conference Media Days. We heard from Samore Toure, the Montana wide receiver. It's time now to hear from Lewis Kidd. Lewis Kidd, uh, a unanimous selection, one of three out of 33 unanimous selections to the, uh, the preseason all-conference team. Obviously, phenomenal offensive lineman for Montana State. He and uh, Tuiya Sopo, the two selections to the preseason team, both offensive linemen. And I guess if you're going to have two and you're Jeff Choate, those are the two positions you want to have represented, O-line and O-line again, right? So uh, there you go. Let's hear from Lewis Kidd. He was asked about trying to work out. How do you stay big? How do you stay huge, right, if you're Lewis Kidd and you can't go to the gym? What creative ways have you come up with to stay in shape the past few months? Lewis, we'll start with you on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's been affected by this virus and stuff, and everyone's had all these different rules and stuff. Um, at the beginning, we kind of, my house, um, I have a few football players I live with, we kind of accumulated some things, uh, barbells, uh, dumbbells, a bunch of different stuff, and we were able to actually set up a almost legit weight room for a while there. Um then we kind of returned everything and now it's kind of just very bare minimum stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, we were able to kind of keep up and kind of be able to, uh, keep building strength. And then, uh, luckily we've got a turf a very nice, like big turf field pretty close to our house. So just kind of jog down there and get whatever conditioning or running speed drills, whatever it is. Um, and you know, just basically getting anything you can, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, throwing heavy stuff around, moving, trying to push cars around, on like whatever it is, just trying to find creative ways and also making it fun because it's like that's pretty much all you can do. Now, I got I got to just point some things out here because I feel like that there's some, some words in there that could use a little translation. Now, when he says that he and his housemates, who are also foot, football players, kind of accumulated some weights. <laughs> I mean, it feels to me like the same way that a car thief sort of accumulates cars, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was there, and uh, I don't know. It ended up in my house. I can't, I don't know what to tell you. They accumulated it, and then later on, well then, yeah, we kind of returned them. 
mean, good for you. I do understand. You're like, well, I mean, if nobody's going to the gym, <laughs> I mean, they ain't going to use them. Well, he might as well use them, you know? And then what does he say at the end? Well, we decided to move some cars around. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a pretty good offensive line. You know, well, we couldn't find any any weights, so we just decided to move some cars around. Fair enough. I love accumulating things. It happens, and then occasionally you got to uh, return the things that you accumulated. That's that's the way it goes. More from Lewis Kid. Lewis, what did playing in the playoffs last season mean to you and your teammates? Oh, I mean, it was it was awesome. It was everything to us. Um, you know, obviously ended a little bit earlier than what we would have hoped for, um, but that's kind of how it goes for anyone that doesn't win it all. Um, but, I mean, it was a lot of fun, great experience, great to be able to go against different people and different conferences and stuff and kind of around the – around the nation and um it was great to be able to spend those few extra weeks with your teammates with your brothers and sending out those seniors the right way absolutely i know that that win over austin p in bozeman that's uh that's one of the all-time victories getting a postseason victory in uh you know at bobcat stadium it's big time look man season ends the same way for Everybody but one, right? But uh, to, to go to a, a national semifinal, the best season in terms of you know the playoff run the Montana State's had since they won it all in 1984. It's a big year uh, and uh, and a lot to like. Who's kid? He's an offensive lineman. Well, you got to ask him about those guys. Lewis, head coach Jeff Cho and his staff have built your team around the offensive line. How much pride does that give you? Yeah, I mean, we take a lot of pride in that. Um, I mean, a lot of everyone knows we we like to run the ball. Um, and that's just, I mean, as an offensive lineman, that's just an awesome thing to do. Um, it, it's a lot of fun when you get your run game going. Um, it just kind of opens up the rest of your offense. And I think it's uh, been a vital role in our success. Um, and, you know, we attribute to coaches, uh, you know, great backs, you know, our quarterbacks, receivers, doing th- them doing their jobs. Um, and then luckily we've had for the past years that I've been here, a very solid defensive line every year. Um, to kind of help sharpen us and keep us on our toes for sure. Because, um, you know, when you go in to practices and you have to battle every day against the opposing team, you know, against the defense, whatever it is, and being able to go against a strong, solid D-line every week, um, it really helps you and really helps build you up for games. So. Lewis was also asked about, uh, well, the only game that matters the most. Here's how that went. Lewis, how would you describe the brawl of the wild and what does it mean to you to play in it? Uh, I mean, it's it's the best game of the year every year, you know. Um, you get the whole state behind you. Um, and it's, I mean, it's crazy how the split is. It's like you're either a diehard Montana fan or you're a diehard MSU fan. Um, and it's been awesome to be on the winning side of that streak here since I've been here, um, you know. Um, because I know in the past it's been it's been kind of tough for MSU, but um, you know it's it's so much fun and the energy and you know you get the most competitive side out of everyone from both sides and uh, the fans are great um, and there's just a lot of history behind it. You know, coming in as a freshman, I really had absolutely no idea what it was all about, and then after that first year, it's like, yep, that's what you're itching for all year. Like that's what you're looking forward to. So um, yeah, for sure. You know, it's interesting because he, he he echoed a lot of what Samori Toure said. Samori said, like, you know, look, I, I didn't know 
about it coming into it. But it took me about four snaps, and then I figured it out. And uh, now, you know, as seniors, when you're, when you're an upperclassman, the Montana-Montana State rivalry, it doesn't matter anymore where you're from. If you're an underclassman, and you're from the state of Montana, you know more and you get it in a way that, that the kids who are not from the state just don't understand it. But by the time you're upperclassman, which, by the way, is normally when you're actually playing in the game, that's it, it doesn't matter. You could be from Timbuktu, and when you're on the field in that thing, it is for everything, right? It is, it's, it's, it is just one of the great, most fun things <laughs> that, that, that there is in general and certainly that we got, that we got going here in the state of Montana. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm grateful that I've gotten to cover and continue to cover this rivalry, these teams, and that game uh, because it is uh, it is just incomprehensibly fun. That's what I think. Uh, Lewis Kidd, again, offensive lineman from Montana State. He was also asked, "What is the best piece of advice that you've received as a D1 football player?" There's a follow up question to that, but there's a question: What's the best piece of advice you've gotten in terms of playing football? Yeah, I'd say the best piece of advice for me was just, just um, you know, you hear the seniors say it all the time, it's just take it in, um, enjoy every bit of it because it goes fast. And it's like, I'm sitting here and it's like, I remember hearing that like it was yesterday. And it's like, now I'm a senior, now I'm preparing for my last season. It's just like, where did the time go? So um, I think, you know, you have a tendency sometimes, obviously, to take that time for granted. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in football. Oh, oh fall camp sucks, whatever it is. Just like being able to find that stuff and enjoy it and being able to take those little things and those little battles and just being able to, you know, grind through them with your friends and stuff is just, I mean, something that you got to always cherish. Now, you're talking about those little things, those little moments. What would you say is something that you took for granted and maybe you realized in these last few months that we've been in that you were taking for granted? Uh, for sure, spring ball. Uh, I was never a fan of spring ball. <laughs> um, you know, as you get older, it's kind of like it's a lot of it's a lot of young guys stuff. They're trying to get a lot of the young guys, you know, acclimated and get them a lot of reps. But um, especially here, I mean, it's super cold. Um, you know, we're up early. It's just kind of like, you know, it sucks sometimes. Not, I'm not going to lie. And I think everyone's gone through that a little bit. But when we missed out on it, at first I was like, okay, like that's not too bad. Like we'll be able to get back to it, whatever. We'll make up for it. And now I'm sitting here, it's like, dang, I really wish I could have, you know, I wish I could go out there when it was negative two and be out there with my friends and stuff messing around. It's just like you kind of take little stuff like that for granted. So I'd say that's one of the things for sure. Now, I must say that is a surprise to me. I mean, this maybe that's just the mentality that you got to have. But when you say the thing that I miss out on and that I realize that I want that I that I didn't get was spring ball and specifically a 6 a.m. two below zero March, whatever, the 11th type of spring ball. I mean, I'm already on a hard no on that, okay? I like the cold. I like, you know, it's okay with me being out there. But being outside bundled up in the snow and the wind and everything, that's one thing. Getting out there in cleats and running into each other and the pads are frozen and the ground is frozen, uh, nah. No, thank you, no. And at 6 a.m., no. Nothing at 6 a.m. If you would ask me if I would like to go on a trip to the Vatican at 6 a.m., no. 
I do not want to go. I will go tour that thing later in the afternoon. It's not going anywhere. I need this. I mean, if you're watching on SWX YouTube, you know, I mean, I look great. And the reason is because I get the sleep that I need, and it happens certainly at 6 a.m. Do not call me at 6 in the morning. Uh, but, you know, you want to go out there and do spring ball, then God bless you, Lewis. You have at it. Last thing, this question uh, was, where's your favorite place to play? You'll hear Lewis Kidd. You'll also hear Stacy Chukwumeze, who is the wide receiver at Northern Arizona. I thought he had a great response to this question. Where is your favorite place to play? Lewis, you can go first. Place to play? Um, I'd say in Missouri. I think that's probably you know I'm, they've got a, they've got a great stadium um, they've got a lot of loud fans and every time we go there it's like it seems like there's double of what there is normally so it's like just a great atmosphere and it's a lot of fun to play in. Stacy, um, I would have to say Montana State just because they y'all fan base is crazy man I I've never like the way the game went. And then how it ended, like I've never seen fans leave and then come back and fill the whole stadium. That was honestly crazy. So I don't know if they was just in a parking lot waiting because they knew it was going to happen or what, but yeah, that fan base crazy. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Stacy Chukwumeze out of Northern Arizona says Montana State's his favorite place to play on account of he's never seen everybody leave and then everybody come back. It's a great game, that NAU-Montana State game. So there you go, some sound uh, from uh, from Lewis Kidd and then uh, obviously from Samari Toure as well. That was fun. Uh, it was an interesting, you know, deal, the, the the virtual side of this thing. It's always great to get, you know, direct one-on-one conversations, one-on-one, uh, uh, you know, quotes and the interactions and that kind of thing. But it was very efficient and I thought basically accomplished what it needed to. Uh, we are working, by the way, as uh, for from a football standpoint and really from a sports standpoint in general uh, to have Tom Wistersill, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, on with us next week. So you can look forward to that. We anticipate him uh, joining us at some point next week. I don't know uh, when or where the news will be breaking, perhaps on this show, perhaps uh, perhaps before, perhaps after. I guess those are the only options. It's either then or on either side of it. But, uh, you know, this all of this was done with this sort of elephant in the room, the unmentioned backdrop of, quote, if football happens at all, you know, and and there's a couple conferences that already have said they're going to do it to Southern, right, SoCon's in, and there's other conferences that said, no, we're out. And some that have sort of split the difference that said we're not doing this from a conference standpoint, but if you're a school that wants to play, then go ahead. So there's a lot of different ways that this is being navigated by a lot of different conferences across the country, and... I don't know what the, you know, obviously right way to, to do it is uh, or what the the way that the Big Sky Conference is finding, you know, its best option to be. So we will, uh, you know, try and track down that information. But for what it's worth, we got we got the football media days in, which a lot of conferences actually did not. So, you know, I guess that's a good thing in total. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, got a lot to talk about in this last segment. We want to do some Notre Dame joining the ACC and why or why not. That's a good idea. What do long-term contracts look like in the age of COVID? And I got some great news for you about a guy who decided that the ocean just wasn't that big a problem. 
At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Hayward grounds into the 6-4-3 double play, and just like that, the Cubs take a seat on the bench and head for defense. It's the second inning of uh, baseball. Cubs-Brewers playing in uh, Chicago. So, yeah, if it seems like I'm a little bit, I don't know, not paying attention to what's going on on the actual radio show that I'm doing because I'm watching the first Cubs game of the season, let's go Cubs. It's 2 telling one 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, we are uh, happy to bring you each and every day the Two Tell Nuanas podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Listen, rate, review, subscribe anywhere, anytime. The podcast available thanks to Alpine Touch and Blackfoot. Boys and girls, I got to tell you before we get into any more of this, it is also golf season, is it not? And if you're going to golf, which you should, you should golf someplace that's nice. And someplace that's nice is the Canyon River Golf Club in East Missoula. Golf there earlier this week, phenomenal spot to go sit, stand, ride. You get the fin cycles you can take out for a spin. Those make the game faster and more fun riding around on a motorcycle out there on the golf course. That is a great time. 18 holes, championship golf course, perfectly manicured. It's in as good a shape as it's ever been. It's in as good a shape as a course can be. And along the Clark Fork River, the base of the mountains, you know, in the Hellgate Canyon, it just doesn't get better. Go to CanyonRiverGolfClub.com, CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. You can make tee times online. It's just $49 to play. I mean, it's an unbelievable value for the course that you have. And you can get deals online as well. They're even better than that. Also, update yourself on everything that's going on in the course, different tournaments, different youth events that are taking place. All of it's updated on their website, CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. Go make your tea time and go enjoy yourself with some friends, an outdoor, socially distanced activity. Golf, man. I'm into it, and there's no place better to play than the Canyon River Golf Club. Go there and have some fun. Uh, Okay, we got a grab bag of items to get through here in the last segment of the week. So I want to uh, start here with sports contracts in the age of COVID. Mookie Betts yesterday signed a 12-year, $365 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay? By the way, good for him. Earlier, what, about two weeks ago, Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year extension that works out in full if it we you know play it to the end we know it's unlikely that that would happen etc well, who, who cares half a billion dollars in fact more than that 503 million dollars for Patrick Mahomes now 
that's fine. Everybody, you know, every time a new biggest contract ever sort of thing comes out and people pull their hair out and can't believe how much players are getting paid and this, that, and the other. You know what? I, I'm, I'm over that. Pay them. I don't care. Pay them. You know, we're we're the ones supplying the money at the end of the day. And so I guess we're supplying enough money in order to pay these guys whatever that amount is. So pay them because I'm going to keep watching. I, for one, am going to keep watching, and I just don't care. Okay? They're rich. Good for them. They also keep me entertained in Sundays and, well, every other day. So that's fine. Here's the part where I am. I don't think that this is really going to come to bear. I hope that it doesn't, and I don't want to sit here and be the sky is falling guy on the radio. That said, we got a pandemic going on. It is shutting down things worldwide. Things have closed, then reopened, then closed again. There's not really a you know a, 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 a substantial answer on how to deal with this. There's certainly not a vaccine and so forth. And we anticipate that there is one forthcoming. We certainly hope that there is. And we you know collectively as a society, as a world, I think are are, are spending a lot of time and energy trying to develop that very thing. That's all well and good, but it ain't here now. And I'm just wondering if the cart is slightly ahead of the horse when you are going 12 years, $365 million to Mookie Betts. And I'm also wondering, and I would like to speak to somebody who knows on this, an agent or something like that, if there is anything like a COVID clause in some of these contracts. Or now that it's, you know, now that we've experienced something that no one expected, that no one foresaw, that has a uh, 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 very much inhibited sports and the finances of professional sports. If there are, if there is language in place that is, you know, that says provided that there is a season, you know, I mean, baseball contracts are fully guaranteed. If baseball, for whatever reason, be it this or be it something else in the future, cannot go which you think is, well, what's the likelihood of that? Well, I don't know. What was the likelihood of this happening? But if you just simply can't play baseball, do you still have to pay Mookie Betts $35 million for this season? You know, whether the thing doesn't even exist, he's under contract. It's a year. And Mookie Betts doesn't want to just be a year older and not have that baseball season and that pay that goes with that baseball season under his belt, right? 27 years old, all of a sudden, oh, the 33rd year, well, we couldn't have baseball. We had to skip it. Sorry, Mookie, you're out. Well, that doesn't seem fair either. I don't know what the answer is. I'm just saying, well, you sit here and all of a sudden something's happened that endangered an entire season from just not happening at all. Just all that $10 billion of revenue becomes a goose egg, which it didn't because they're playing baseball. But you know what? You understand where I'm coming from. Are these long-term deals? They have to have some sort of rider in there, right? Some sort of clarification about, well, this is contingent on there being a league at all. And if there isn't, we're not responsible to pay you this money? I don't know. Just a thought. Again, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I want to be happy. I want this thing to go well. I want everybody to be good. But I'm just saying I'm just not sure. That's my first question. My second question, well, I'll get to my second question in a moment. I've been interrupted, as usual, by Tommy Evans with a pint glass of coffee that he walks in with. Hello, Tommy. Hey. 
What's going on? Just thought uh, I'd come and say, hey, are you in the middle of something? No, just uh, I was just speaking to myself for a couple (laughs) hours. Not it it won't change when I'm off the air, by the way. I will just keep talking to myself. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Can I can I help you? Yeah, man. Just want to see how you're doing, how your week was, what's going on this weekend, you know? Yeah. No, things are good. Yeah. You want to hear a story? You want to hear a good news story? I'd love to. Okay. That's what I'll skip to. I'll skip to the end of the good news story. Oh, you actually have an outline? Yeah. Oh. I, w- <laughs> I thought you were in here just... Come on, man. Look at this. <laughs> look at this. I got so much paper here. I've been working today. Wow. Look at this. Juan Manuel Ballestero. Okay? I'm already jealous. Juan Manuel Ballestero comes to us speaking of good news from the Good News Network. Okay? Wow. Uh Juan Manuel Ballestero is an, an Argentinian man okay. who lives in Portugal. Notably, they're separated by a hemisphere and an ocean. Okay? <laughs> Noted. Now, my man Juan here, his father lives in the home, you know, in his homeland of Argent, uh, Argentina. So it's coming up. It's his 90th birthday coming up. And he's been planning, you know, okay, I'm going to go home and be, you know, with my folks, with my family for my dad's 90th birthday. Nice. Then, COVID-19. Mm, right. So, there is no, they've canceled all international flights out of Portugal at this time. He realizes, like, the chances, like, he can't like, he can't go. He can't go there. So, what does he do? He gets on a boat, a sailboat, loads it up with rice and canned goods and wine. Naturally. And he sailed 50 600 miles, 5,600 wow. miles across the Atlantic Ocean to be with his father. I don't know if he made it there in time for his 90th birthday. He did make it there just in time for uh, uh, Father's Day. Ballestero uh, was also worried, by the way, that the local port would have would shut down quickly. And so he he spent, like, he literally, like, in a day, 24 hours, loaded up and shipped off. 38 days into his trip, he ran out of wine. <laughs> I was going to ask how long it took. Man, now, Argentinian who's living in Portugal, that <laughs> is, I mean, if you run out of wine, you would hear, that's it, right? I mean, it's all over. Why even keep going at that point? Right. He ran out of fuel, oh, so no. he had to do it only by wind and spent 10 days in the doldrums where there was just no wind. He was just stuck. Finally, the winds picked up. and Without even a wine buzz? Without even a wine buzz going. <laughs> he had to jump out of the boat. The barnacles started growing because it was just, you know, they were just sitting there. So he had to get those off, risking, <laughs> you know, whatever's in the big open ocean there. How'd you like that to be by yourself on your sailboat? Oh, my gosh. And have to jump off of the sailboat to get barnacles off the bottom of it alone. That's straight out of my nightmare. I have a super, (laughs) super phobia of deep water. I would never find myself in this situation. Uh, Ballestero reached home in Argentina. 85 days it took him to sail across the Atlantic Ocean. And by the way, quite a ways north to south, too. I mean, he took the long route. (laughs) Well, you go on Portugal to Argentina. Mm. Uh, but he made it home. A great picture of him and his brother and his dad when he finally made it there. And, you know, he is 
a maritime fella. He, he didn't just do this on a whim. He don't. This is not. We're not encouraging people. Hey, you can do this. You can't do this. Okay, we're in Montana. I promise you, if you're listening, you can't do this. You should not do this. But him, you know, he's an ocean faring guy. He's got a boat, and he just said, "I'm doing it," and uh, he risked it and he made it home. That is what I'm talking about. So, when it comes to your love of people of society, yes. Who would you sell 85 days to meet? Would you put yourself in this situation? Would you go figure it out? Well, you we have to have an analogous thing, right? Because no. Because <laughs> I, there's there's no one because I, I no. love I, I you know, dad, I love you. Wife, mom, love you, kids. I, I'm not sailing alone across an ocean for you. You know why? Because that it won't happen. It's not even that it's not even that my love isn't great enough. It's that my knowledge is well aware that you know, I'm not going to make it. Belly up. Bell it's over for yeah. me. You know? Yeah. And so I, I just wouldn't do it. Because, yeah. you know, whatever distance that there is between us, like, I have to find a different way. Maybe I learn how to fly and steal a plane. Like, that's a more likely scenario. <laughs> I love how that's more reasonable for you. Oh, it's so much more reasonable. <laughs> you kidding me? Like, you know, however long it takes you to learn to fly, but then, like, you know, in a day, maybe you've made it to wherever you're going. Now, by the way, flying solo across the ocean ain't a day yeah, good luck picnic. landing the the, the well, that's, plane. That's you know, part of learning to fly, is it not? Well, like I don't taking know. Taking off and landing like that's. In fact, I believe the landing part might be the first thing that you learn. How do you that's learn not to a land day two first? You know, what do you mean it's a day two thing? You got to get up into the air first. I understand when you're in fact flying <laughs> that the plane has to leave the ground before it can return to the ground. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you don't just learn how to take off and then later, like next week, we'll learn how to land the thing and now we're stuck up here. Well, you seem awfully uh, knowledgeable about this. Well, you know, what do you want to know? Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm happy for uh, the Ballesteros family that they were reunited in Argentina. The only other thing that I have to say, I know you don't care about this. Notre Dame is exploring the possibility of joining the ACC for only one season in football so that the ACC can say that they're playing an only conference schedule. It seems like semantics to me. Like, just say, hey, we're playing a conference schedule and Notre Dame. By the way, Notre Dame is part of the ACC and every other sport but football and football, they're an independent, which means right now they're being left out to dry. I don't understand why it's got to be, you know, we got to bring them in and consider them part of the ACC so then it's still a conference football game. I don't know. Just make it that. I mean, you're just making – we're we're just making everything up now as we go across the board, right? You have defined sports by doing this show over the last six years. That's right. <laughs> make, That's right. Make it up That's on right. the fly. I just say it and then it becomes so. Yeah. So I don't understand why we got to sit here and say, well, they're in, well, they're out. Oh, well, we can't play them if they're out, so we better make – well, just play them. Just say, well, and we're going to play Notre Dame because it's Notre Dame. But uh, why aren't they doing that? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I don't understand. Hmm. You know, just, just let it go. You got big plans for the weekend, Tommy? It is Friday. We're like a minute away here. Just to, you know, going to hang out, do whatever. I made a big mistake in drinking some of the uh, the Lotus this morning. Yeah. And then the Floco coffee break. And then now I'm drinking my super dark trail blend from the back. Yes. 
I might faint on this show in the last seconds that you're on the air. Well, if you go down, I'll know why, and I won't help you because I'll be like, ah, he'll be fine. He'll come to here. This a is true. When it wears off, you know. What are you doing? I don't know. For the weekend, I've I've been so busy prepping shows for two days without Coulter. I haven't even thought about <laughs> what's going to happen in 30 <laughs> seconds from right now. Boys and girls, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy baseball. We will have baseball for you on ESPN Radio over the weekend. How nice is that? The answer is very. Enjoy your Saturday and your Sunday. Colton will be back with me here in about 70 hours. We'll reload this whole thing. It's 2 Tell Nuanas. It's ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.